He is amazing. One of the reasons we get together every week to sing about him and to talk about him, to think about the things that he said is because he is so amazing. If you take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 13, the fourth gospel, it's in the New Testament, page 598 in the Bibles that are provided for you, or 597, 598, John chapter 13. As we continue to think about the new opportunities of this year and the uniqueness of the number 2020 and how it speaks to us in our culture of vision because that's the, the, the numbers that correlate to, to good vision, to outstanding vision. And we want to see the world like God sees it. We want to see it clearly. We want to see it truthfully. And so we've been talking these last few weeks about how we do that and how the Word of God um, instructs us because of his faithfulness to give us this great word, how we can use it to see things clearly. And we started last week looking at how we should view people. This morning in Psalm 8, as Dan read to us, it says how fearfully and wonderfully we're made and how he's made man just a little bit lower than the angels. Put, put us in a very, very special place. Now that psalm also speaks of the Son of Man. Uh, a title that the Lord Jesus himself used about himself. So it's not only speaking of the uniqueness of mankind in general, but also of Jesus the Son, uh, the Son of Man who was certainly the highest of, over all of us, but not a, crea- not a created being like we are. And so we are the highest among God's created beings, a little bit less than the angels in, in certain respects, but in other respects, even higher than they are in, in, the, in the fact that we have the privilege of understanding and experiencing the redemptive power of God in our lives through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we think about how important people are to God, last week we talked about how important the unborn are to God. If you weren't here, we'd encourage you, I would encourage you to go on the website and, and, and listen to that message and see the passages that we, that we looked at, and the thoughts that were, uh, that were shared, and, and also with uh, Dr. Howe, as he also shared some things from a, from a philosophical perspective on how important uh, man as, as, a, as a being is uh, in God's created order and how important the unborn are uh, within that order. And so we talked about that, but we also, this morning, want to look at another segment of mankind that's also very important to God and as a result of that should be very important to us. And we, uh, we're going to look this morning from, G- uh, from Jesus' statement uh, to his disciples on the night of his last supper, the night before his crucifixion, a very, very important night. John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, all these chapters relate to that very important night and the, and the great teaching uh, that the Lord gave that night in a great prayer that he ended it with in John chapter 17. But in John 13, the Lord Jesus says this in verse 34. John 13, 34. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, 
So you must love one another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Here Jesus specifies one group of people that he honors very highly. His people. Now, in, in some, sometimes we refer to his people as being the children of Israel. Because at one time, they were pretty much, not, not totally exclusive, but they were pretty much the only people of God in the world. There were always others. And his word, even through the prophets in the Old Testament, always talked of how that nation that, that he called out from slavery, that he called out from nothing and made it into a great nation, that one of the reasons he did it was to be a light to the Gentiles so that they also, and, and remember, in, in biblical language, Gentiles are all non-Jewish people. All right, So it's in, in, in the Old Testament picture of things, and it's, it's also used in the New Testament like this as well, there are the Jews and there are the Gentiles. There's two groups of people in that respect, the Jews and everybody else. And that's the Gentiles. And everything that he did through the Jews, and the thing that we're most thankful that he did through the Jewish people, is he brought through that nation, through that people, he brought the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is very clear in a lot of his teaching, just like the Old Testament is also very clear, that even though a relationship with God started with the Jews, it also continues on into the Gentiles. It was always meant to be that way, and it always has been that way. The church is like that today. And there's no separation now between Jews and Gentiles. Oh, there's, there's separation in, in nationalities, and there's separation in, in customs and, and all those kind of things, but in terms of knowing Jesus Christ, every single person, whether Jew or Gentile, who has put their trust in Jesus Christ, his son, they all become the children of God. And those of us who aren't Jewish by birth, he says in, in the book of Romans, in his letter to the Romans, he says that he ingrafts us into that nation of Israel, into, into his people. Because his true people, even, in, even within Israel, his true people were those who believed in the Messiah, the promised Savior who is going to come, or for those of us who live after, who did come. And so salvation is only through, and has always been through, one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then, as God made his body, as he brought together all believers through faith in, in Jesus Christ, and he started with this very small group of people, his, his close friends, his disciples, he started a, a new institution, a new body, a new group of people known as the church. People who have been saved by Jesus Christ, whether Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter what language they spoke to begin with, it doesn't matter what country they were from, it doesn't matter what race they were, all people who put their trust in Jesus Christ, he says, become a part of his body. They become the children of God. John, 
earlier in this, in this gospel, in describing the coming of Jesus, makes it very clear. He says, even though in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 11, he says, even though Jesus came to his own, his own did not receive him. And there, Jesus, there he's talking about his own people, the Jews. He's also just talking about his own creation. He made all of us. And most people, when Jesus came, did not receive him. Most people who heard him speak, most people who heard of him, they didn't receive him. But then John makes this statement. But to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, so that, that shows us what receiving him means, to believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that's all of us now who believe in him. We're considered, we're called, we actually became the children of God. And Jesus talking to some of his early children, some of the beginnings of this, of this new institution, this new organism, the church, the body of Christ, he says, this is how people are going to know that you're my disciples. It's not going to be by your buildings. It's not going to be um, by your great singing. It isn't going to be by your great um, quotation of Bible verses and, and, and your wonderful prayers. People are going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to love everybody. We'll get to that. But when he makes the new command, love one another, he is first speaking of loving each other within the body of Christ. This is our new family. Now, praise God when our new family corresponds with our biological family. That's a wonderful thing when those two things match up. A lot of times it doesn't. Jesus, in fact, in, in Luke 15 Luke 14 and 15, he mentioned that numerous times when people, followed, when people received him and believed in him, they were going to lose their families. And, and many of us know people who have lost their families when they put their trust in Jesus Christ. It happens all the time. That's a, that's a very, very tough decision. And Jesus said, it's going to be tough. So if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to hate your father and your mother, your sister, your brother, your husband, your wife. You're even going to have to hate yourself in, a, in respect. You're going to have to pick up your cross and follow me. This is tough. This is not easy to do. He said, but everybody who believes in me becomes a part of this greater family. And again, when it matches up, when, when, when a husband and wife are both followers of Jesus, when they both believe in Jesus, then it's, then it's a wonderful thing. It isn't something that you have to, that you have, to have conflict over. And when, when sons and daughters and, and parents and, and brothers and sisters all follow Jesus, it, it can be a wonderful thing. But even when we have wonderful families that are, that are also believers in Christ, it's an even greater thing to be a part of the body of Christ. The local body of Christ like we are here, but also even beyond that, being a part of the, of the overall worldwide body of Christ. You know, we pray for people all around the world regularly here at Midway. We support those who are who are going out to various places of the world to, to share the gospel. And let me mention to you, 
there's some, there's some new um, signage and, and descriptions of our missions program, um, worldwide missions program over in the hallway. And so if you haven't been by there in a while, check, stop by there and check it out. Uh, Mark Logie, our youth and missions pastor, and his team have, have been working on it. I think they're still updating some more of the things, but, but check that out and, and, and see what God is doing around the world, even through this little small part of God's overall body. As a local body of Christ, we can have definite impact in what's going on around the world. One of our missionaries I was talking to yesterday, I talk to him regularly since he's my brother, but uh, he was... He was, and that's not always the case. You know, a lot of brothers don't talk that often. We happen to, but, and, and I thank God for that. But he was just down in Panama uh, where they had a conference with, with leaders from, from various um, Latin American countries. And during, that, during those um, days of conference, there were 12 new Bible translation projects launched. 12 new, there are 12 languages in Latin America that currently don't have any scripture in them that are going to very soon. And we get to be a part of that through our prayers. And that's why I say, go by there and look at those things. You'll see the prayer requests of, of our missionaries are involved in all kinds of things, and that's one of them. You know, and, and I think a couple of those 12 languages are deaf languages, which, which are my son, your friend Sam Ropp, is, is a part of, of uh, seeing those languages come into, to have sign languages um, that, that, are in the, that have the word of God. So, it's, it's exciting stuff, but it's all around the world. But the, the part of the body that I want us to focus on this morning as we, as we think about our responsibility before God to see people like he sees them and to treat people like he wants us to is to look particularly at this part of the, of the overall part of mankind that he wants us to treat in a very special way. And that is as part of the local body of Christ. He wants us to love one another. And it's always important, when we hear Jesus speak of love, let's remember what that means. Because we, we have a very distorted view of that word, of that concept, love. You know, we, we all, many of us, have a, a kind of a, Valentine's Day uh, hallmark idea for love. All right? And the symbol for that kind of love is the heart. The symbol for the love of Christ, the love that he's talking about here when he says love one another, is what was about to happen to him and what he was about to die on just one day later. The symbol that we have hanging up in front of our sanctuary every Sunday when we come together to worship him. The symbol of the love of Christ, of the love that he wants us to have for one another, is the cross. The symbol of death. Because when he says to his disciples, when he says to us, I want you, I command you to love each other, he's saying, I'm commanding you to give up yourselves like I gave up myself for you. That's how people are going to know you're my disciples. Because you love with a different kind of love than everybody else has ever experienced. You love each other with the love that gives itself up 
for the sake of other people. Some of you are here this morning as an expression of that kind of love. You did not want to come here this morning. You felt how cold it was out there. Your car's not in the garage. It's outside. It's got frost on it. You knew what that was going to feel like when you sat on that seat and grabbed that wheel. And you thought, I don't want to come. Yeah, maybe you were just weren't feeling that you were tired. You didn't sleep that great last night. You just didn't. Maybe you had a week. And you really don't want anybody to ask you about it. And you don't want to have to lie and say everything's fine. You just would rather not come. But you, because motivated by your love for Christ, which is our primary motivator, but also by his command to love one another, you overcame whatever it was and you got here. And for some of you, because you did that, you've encouraged somebody today. I don't know who. I know in some cases it's me. But you encouraged somebody. You gave somebody just an extra jolt of energy, an extra encouragement from the Holy Spirit to continue on serving the Lord. Because somebody knows how hard it was for you to come this morning. Not everybody. But some of you know somebody else within the local body of Christ well enough that they know how difficult it was for you to get here. And that's what I want us to think about for a few minutes. How important it is for us, if we're going to follow this command to love each other, how important it is for us to know each other. And when I say this, I'm not talking about every single one of us knowing every single one of, of everyone else in the church. It's impossible. It's, it can't be done. But every single one of us need to know a few other people within this body if we're going to be able to accomplish this. If we're, if we're going to be able to really love each other. As I was sharing with the kids this morning, our, our after this service chili cook-off, and if you came in this morning and you didn't know we were having this, we, we would certainly invite you to stay, af- stay after the service is over and enjoy some chili with us. Um, as I mentioned, there will be some creative chilies, um, and then there will be some more traditional chilies, and, and, and it'll be a great, a great um, dining experience. But more important than that, as I was talking to the kids, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to get to know each other a little bit better because that little... That little segment of our service where we, where we mingle and say hi to each other, that's not enough. It's good, it's helpful, but it's not enough. We need to know some other people within the body of Christ better than that so that we can really love them. Because remember what love is. Love is the giving of ourselves for someone else. And there are people going through things in, the, in their life right now, and, every, and all of us are going to at some point, but there are people going through things in their life right now where they need the body of Christ to love them with this kind of love, this giving kind of love. They need somebody to lay their life down like Jesus did for us, for them right now. Some of you have experienced that. Some of you have, 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 have felt the love of the body of Christ 
when you're going through a time of, of definite need. Others of you have thought, boy, I wish the body of Christ would love me like that. And it's our command from the Lord Jesus to love each other like that. And the only way that we really can is if we know each other. Now, I'm not saying that to say that if you don't stay for the chili cook-off, you're sinning, okay? Now, could be. If you know you need to be there. But what I'm saying is this. Take advantage of the opportunities that this local body provides and works hard at to provide so that you can know some other people within the body of Christ. And some people think, I already know enough people. I don't need to know anybody else. You may be right. You may not need to know anybody else. But what you forget when you think that is somebody else may need to know you. Somebody else may need to know you. We don't come here just for ourselves. We come here for each other. We come here for the body of Christ. We come here in direct response to Jesus' command to love each other. And so don't try to follow Christ by yourself. Oh, for, for your salvation, for your forgiveness of sins, for your eternal life, you don't need anybody but Jesus. An absolute truth. But to follow him and to grow in him and to obey him and to glorify him and to honor him, you need other people. There's no way to fulfill this command that he gave us as his disciples without other people. There's no way to love someone that you don't have some relationship with, that you don't have some kind of contact with. And so, I want to encourage you, not only you know, to come to the chili cook-off, and, and honestly, we're, this message is not a promotional piece for the chili cook-off, all right? We don't need you. It's still going to be great, all right? But if you can come to that or other things like it, you will give yourself an opportunity to get to know some other people. Now, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do in the world for some people, to get to know somebody else, to, to, to open up yourself to know somebody else and to, and to let them into your life a little bit. All of us, every single one of us have been hurt in, in relationships. And some of us have been hurt so deeply that we've made a decision, I don't need any more relationships. I don't need any more opportunity to get hurt. You know what Jesus said about that? He said, love one another. He said, forget about that. Get through that. You need each other. The the writer of the letter to the Hebrews said in chapter 10, verse 25, not to forsake the gathering together of the believers. And the reason he said it was he had just mentioned that one of the reasons that we get together is to spur each other on toward love and good deeds. 
Hopefully you've sensed that a little bit this morning by gathering together with, with this local body of Christ this morning. Hopefully you've been spurred on this morning. Hopefully I'm spurring you on. You know what spurring is, right? It's, you know, kicking the horse in the side a little bit to, to get him going. Hopefully you've been feeling that a little bit this morning. Hopefully my spurs are gentle. But if you need, a, if you need them to be sharp, maybe, hopefully they're sharp. Hopefully you're really feeling it this morning. Hopefully you know that, that you need to be, be involved in the body of Christ because to fulfill God's command to love one another, that includes you. No matter what your experience has been, no matter how difficult it is to do it, he will give you the strength. As a believer in Christ, he's given you the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who enables you to fulfill his commands. He'll give you what you need to make this happen. For some of you, being in a, in, a, in a room like this with other people is a great first step, and it's a real challenge, and you've done it. And so praise the Lord, way to go. Don't let it stop here. Keep stretching yourself. Again, not because of your sense of, I need this, but because of your sense of motivation from the Lord, I need to do this. I need to do this because my, the command that I've received from Jesus Christ is to love one another. Now, the results of it are, are incredible. When he says that's how people are going to know we're his disciples, I mean, that is, a, that is an awesome thing. And I want to tell you something. Every single one of us will be glad if the love that we share with one another results in somebody else coming to faith in Jesus Christ. We'll be glad about that. I want to tell you, when you get to heaven, and remember, we know that we're going to heaven if we've put our trust in Jesus, if we believe in him. We know that. When we get to heaven, you're going to be really glad if somebody came to know Christ through the love that we express to one another here at Midway Community Church, as he says will happen, and it, will, and it has happened, and it will happen more, you'll be very glad that you made whatever sacrifices you had to make to be a part of that love. You will be glad. You will be eternally grateful. You've heard that, that expression, oh, I'll be eternally grateful. No, you truly will be eternally grateful that you did that. Because the rewards that you're going to experience in glory because of your obedience to Christ are going to be immense. And to follow the command of Christ to love one another is, going to be one, is one of those. That if you do it, the, res, the, the results are going to be amazing because other people are going to come to know Christ. And you being a part of other people coming to Christ is going to be an amazing thing for eternity. People are going to be coming up to you. Now, this is, this is just a possibility that it's actually going to happen just like this, okay? There is a parable in the Gospel of Luke that, that gives us good indication that this is the way it's going to happen. But this is just a an idea from that. There are going to be people that are going to come up to you and they're going to say, oh, it's so great to meet you. Thank you so much. And you say, do I know you? And they'll say, no. And I said, what are you thanking me for? Well, I, would, I just wanted to thank you for what you did as a part of Midway Community Church. And you're, you're thinking, well, what did I do? That, that, that you would be thanking me. And for some of them, it's just going to be, 
because you gave sacrificially and I was, I was in one of those 12 people groups that didn't have a Bible in my language that got started and you were a part of that offering that helped make that happen. So I just want to thank you. And, you, and I want to tell you something. At that moment, you're going to say, I am so glad I did that. At the, at the time that I gave it, I was wondering, can I, can I really afford to do this? I mean, times are tough, and, and I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. Should I? I want to tell you something. You're going to be glad you did that. Others, you're, others are going to thank you for showing up to that thing, whatever it was. Because that was the thing that changed somebody, somebody else's life that eventually helped change that person's life that's coming to thank you. Just that one small little thing that you did. And we never know what small little thing that we're going to do is going to have that kind of impact that somebody else is going to come to know Christ. Partly, not, usually not entirely, but partly because of your love for one another. And remember, this love, I could also substitute the word your sacrifice for one another. Your willingness to do something that's uncomfortable for you to do or costly for you to do. Motivated by the love of Christ to love his body, particularly his local body, particularly this local body that you're a part of. So do it. It might be tough. Come anyway. I've, I've mentioned numerous times this is a great time to start attending one of the adult Bible studies or one of the youth Bible studies on Sunday mornings. So it's a great time to start that. Some of the, some of the um, classes ha- have started new, so you, so you barely, they've hardly gotten started. Other of the classes are doing things that, that are new every single week. Check them out. It's not going to save you. Although if you're not saved and you come and, and learn the word of God, you might be saved through it. But in most cases, you're already saved and you're coming to it. You're going to encourage somebody else in that class. And better yet, you're going to make for yourself a relationship that at a certain time, you're going to be in position where the love of Christ for the body of Christ is going to come through for you. And you're going to be so glad that you're a part of that smaller part of the local body of Christ. So I encourage you. I, I, I even take it to the extent that the Apostle Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he's talking about this opportunity that we have to, to share Christ with each other. And he said, I implore you to be reconciled to Christ, to be made friends with Christ through Jesus, through his work. He said, I implore you, get to know others within the body of Christ so that you can be a recipient and a giver of the love that we have for one another in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lots of us don't think that we matter. Lots of us don't think that we'd be missed if we don't show up. In a certain respect, you're right. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. And we're going to make the best of it. But I want each one of you to know you are missed if you're not here. You are missed if you're not there. If you're not a part of one of the Bible studies, you're missed because you have a lot to offer 
to that particular group. You, know, I think, you, you don't know me. You don't, I have nothing to offer. No, I do know you in, a, in the general respect that because of God's grace and because of his mercy and because of the way he gifts us, you have a lot to offer. But most of all, you need to love one another. And that's the place. That's the, those, those smaller experiences are the place where relationships are, are started and, and where, they get, where they're given an opportunity to blossom into the great results of other people coming to know him because we love one another. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your great demonstration of love. That while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. We thank you that based on that love, that Jesus told us to love one another. We need your help. This is so difficult for us. You know the experiences that we've had, the attempts that we've made, the times that we've been thwarted or that we just genuinely failed. You know the pain that we've experienced. And yet you tell us, you command us to love one another. So help us, Lord, to do it. Help us to take advantage of the opportunities that that you've provided us here in this local body Help us to take advantage of, this, of those moments that can begin relationships that will enable us to truly love one another. And Father, I pray for those who still aren't a part of the body of Christ, that they would understand that the moment they receive you, the moment they say, yes, Jesus, I need you, and only you, that they become a part of, of something wonderful and something that becomes even more wonderful when we follow your command to love each other. Help us to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.